the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So we're in this season of the church in the Chaldean church, and this is the third Sunday of the season of the church, and it's a beautiful season that we get to hear these different readings about the beauty of the church and what a gift the church is to us. And I think that we don't actually realize or recognize how much of a gift our church is and how blessed we are to have a church, to have a place that we can call God's house, that we can call his home, and that we can come and, and be with God and sit with God and encounter God in this place. We can recognize how beautiful and how, how great of a gift the church is when we look at the letter of St. Paul today. This letter from St. Paul, he's talking about the temple of Israel and how this temple was set up. So I want you to imagine, right, if we were in the time of Jesus, imagine this were a temple and what would that temple look like? It would be a little similar to this building, but what would be different is when you walked into this building, when you walk into the temple of Israel, the temple of God, there would, have, there would have been a big veil right in front of me, right here. And this veil would have reached from the top of the ceiling all the way down to the floor. And the veil would be covering everything that was behind here, so that when you walk into the temple, all you could see was this veil. But what's more interesting is behind this veil, there was a second veil. And behind that veil was the Ark of the Covenant, was the tabernacle, where God dwelt, where God was. So, behind this verse, the first veil in the temple, that was reserved only for priests. So again, imagine this big veil. Only the priests could go behind this first veil. And then, inside that veil to the second veil... Only the high priest could go behind that to go before God, and he could only go behind that veil once a year. Just that one priest could go and see God and be with God once a year. Imagine if that's what our church was like. Imagine if you walked into church and you couldn't come into the presence of God. That only the priests could come into the presence of God. That only the priests could be with God, and that the rest of you just had to sit here and listen to prayers and listen to different psalms and different scriptures from the Word of God, and then that was it. But you see, we don't have that. The reason they had that in the time of Israel is because there was this separation, there was this large gap between God and His people. Who fixed that gap? Jesus Christ. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn. It says that in the scriptures. Pay attention when you read the Gospels about when Jesus was crucified. It says that when he was crucified, when Jesus was crucified on the cross, there was a great earthquake in the world. And that earthquake literally tore the veil that was in the temple. It tore in two. Because what Jesus was showing was that this separation, this veil that was up between God and man, that because of his blood, because of his sacrifice, because of his death, now it was gone. That because of the love of Jesus, because of what he did, because he shed his blood for us, that veil was completely gone. That gap was completely gone. And that's why we can come into church today 
and be literally in the presence of God. That's why we can go into these chapels, these beautiful gifts, these gems that God has given us, and we can sit in the presence of God, sit in front of Jesus himself, and there's no longer any separation. But if you paid attention to the gospel, Jesus was very Chaldean today, okay? He was frustrated. He was angry. And this frustration and this anger that Jesus had, it was because when he came into his temple, when he came into the house of God, he saw sin. He saw division. He saw people who were stealing from each other right in his temple. People that had turned his home, this house of prayer, that they turned into a marketplace, into a place of theft, into a place of robbery. And Jesus was frustrated. He was frustrated because these people that were at the entrance of his temple were distracting everyone from the purpose of this very temple, from the purpose of this house of God. He flipped tables. Jesus flipped tables over. He made a whip of cords and he started whipping people, whipping these tables because he was so frustrated by this distraction that people could not focus on the Lord, that people could not truly worship the Lord and he was frustrated by that. As a priest, I share those same frustrations and I'm sure many of us share those frustrations. When we look at the world, And we see how the world is constantly distracting us from true worship of God. The world is distracting us from truly loving God, from truly living for God, dedicating our lives to the Lord. We have a beautiful feast day coming up on Tuesday, and it's the feast of the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And many people kind of pass up this feast day. We don't pay much attention to it. But what this feast celebrates is when Mary was three years old, her parents took her to the temple and they dedicated her to, the, to God in the temple. They dedicated her. They left her there in the temple to be dedicated to God so that her entire life could be given over to the Lord. Her entire life could be for God himself. But what I see as a priest is so many times over and over again, we are moving away from dedicating our lives to God. And we're so distracted by this world. I think the number one thing that frustrates me is how easy it is to fall into sin. Think about it in our world. How easy it is to access sin. And how that wasn't as easy maybe 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. It wasn't as easy. I I can't get over how many dispensaries. I know people hate when I talk about weed, okay? But I can't get over how many dispensaries are opening up over and over again. And how it's so normal to just walk into a dispensary and to buy a drug and then to go home and get high. How 20, 30, 40 years ago, that would not have been normal. That would not have been the norm at all. But that's what's happening in our world. And we kind of just sit here and we act like, eh, whatever. It's legal. It's legal, it's okay. It's legal because the world doesn't want us to focus on God. It's legal because the world wants us to be controlled by everything but God. And once we are showing that we are controlled by God, the world hates it and they want to ruin that completely. Two, 
Think about how easy it is to access sin simply on our phones. How easy from just a website, right, or a link, or a picture, or a video, we're easily in sin. And that sin leads us further and further away from God. And how our phones are constantly distracting us from true worship of God. How our phones are leading us to be impure, to be lustful. And the devil knows what he's doing. The devil is very smart. He knows the scripture better than us. Jesus says in the Gospels, he says, Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. So when we fall into impurity and when we fall into lust, what we are doing and what the devil is doing, what the world is doing, is the world and the devil want us to fall into impurity because they know that the more impure we are, the more lustful we are, the less we're able to see God, the less we're able to experience God. And that's what happens. The second or the third thing that I find so frustrating as a priest is how we are losing this sense of shame and embarrassment for our sins. We're no longer shameful. We're no longer embarrassed for our sins. We flaunt our sins. I'll give you a perfect example. The Chaldean Moms page on Facebook needs to be canceled, okay? You know, I don't have a fake Facebook page. My name is not Najiba, and I'm not prowling on these Chaldean Moms. But as priests... We get screenshots, okay? We get screenshots constantly of what people are posting, what people are saying, to make us aware of how godless our community can be. And this simple page, which can actually be so beautiful, which can be a beautiful page of women coming together, encouraging each other, lifting each other up, is becoming a page that is tearing our community apart and that is leading people into sin. Some of these questions that I see posted on this page are absolutely disgusting. Disgusting what's being posted. And the way that women in our community are responding to these questions is even more disgusting. And even more terrible. That people in our community, women in our community, are encouraging other women to sin. And it doesn't even matter anymore. Oh, don't listen to the church. Don't listen to the Bible. Don't listen to the priest. It doesn't matter what they say. Just do what you want. Don't allow people to affect what you feel and what you want to do with your life. But my brothers and sisters, where is our shame? Where is our embarrassment for our own sin and for the things that are leading us away from God? We need to recognize that these are the things that are distracting us from really worshiping God, from coming to Mass and experiencing Him and encountering Him. Because that's the point of our Mass, is to encounter love, to experience love. Why else do we come to Mass? It's not just to listen to some homilies or look at Father Brian's hair, okay? It's to experience God, to encounter God. But there are so many things that are distracting us from doing that. I honestly wonder if Jesus came in 2023, what would he do? Think about it. 2,000 years ago, Jesus was flipping tables and whipping people because they were selling things and stealing and robbing people in the temple. I think we have far surpassed what people have done 2,000 years ago. What would he do? What would God do? What would Jesus do if he walked into a wedding today? And seen half-naked people and half 
of the people completely drunk in a hall, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do if he walked into our homes that reek of marijuana? What would he do? What would Jesus do in our businesses that sell things that are completely against the church? Like pornography and contraception. These things that are completely against our faith. What would Jesus do? What would he do? This is why, my brothers and sisters, it is so important to be a Catholic who is in love with God in his home, in his house. I can't tell you how many times I've heard as a priest, Father, I didn't go to Mass, but I drove to the grotto, and I said a prayer there, Father, but I didn't go to Mass. But I said a prayer at the grotto. Listen, the grotto is beautiful. These chapels are beautiful. Your rosary is beautiful. Our novenas are beautiful. But it doesn't compare to the Mass. The sacrifice of the Mass, the prayer of the Mass, is the highest and the most important and the prioritized way of worshiping God. That we come to Mass because we are here to worship Him. So whether you feel it or not, that's not what it's about. This Mass and this sacrifice is not about feeling because when Jesus was on the cross, I don't think He was feeling great. I don't think Jesus was feeling awesome on the cross, but you know what he was feeling? Love. That's what he was feeling. And when I come to Mass, that's the only thing I should be worried about, is when I come to worship God, do I feel love for God? Am I ready to love him? Am I ready to pour out my heart to him in this Mass? Am I ready to worship him with all of my heart, with the heart that's filled with love? Because that's what God wants to give us in this very place, is his love. So that as I walk out of these doors every Sunday, I'm walking out ready and filled with that love. This Mass is an encounter with God, an experience with him. So I pray that we put away these distractions. And if these distractions are eating us up, that's what confession is for. If these distractions are leading us away from God, that's what confession is for. To give them to the Lord so that our minds and our hearts are for Him alone. So I pray that in this Mass, we would experience that love. We would encounter that love. And we would fall more deeply in love with the Lord. Because that's why we're here. To love Him and to worship Him with our hearts. Amen.